Good morning, Berean Church. This is Pastor Justin coming at you live from Berean this morning. Hey, I just want to personally welcome you, whether you are live here in person. If you're here in person, take time this moment to glance over at your neighbor. Give them the air five, the air fist bump. Remember, social distancing people, we still got that rule in effect. And so we want to follow the rules, okay? So, but if you're at home and you're streaming in live with us this morning, this is a great opportunity to give Make sure that you give us the thumbs up, the like. You can share right now. Come on, people. I know you got someone that needs to hear this message this morning. Make sure you share that with them. Comment below. Um, and you can also start a watch party. So if there's people that you want to invite to this this morning, make sure that you take time this moment right now. I'm just going to wait a few seconds. Give you this stare down. Because we want you to invite people to this. So create that watch party. Let's do it. Come on, people. Hey. While we're doing that, while you're inviting all those people, we want to hear from you. What instrument, if you could play instrument, have you always wanted to play? Is it the saxophone? Is it the lute? Is it the bagpipes? Is it the keyboard like Pastor Nathan? Is it the guitar? Is it the drummer? Remember, like, everybody wants to be the drummer, right? Is it the xylophone? Is it the, the bassoon? Is it whatever instrument that you can think of? Is it the pan pipes? Okay? Whatever you got, some instrument that you've always wanted to learn, right now we want you to comment. Okay? And even if you're in service and you're waiting right now, you can just jump onto Facebook Live and just comment even there if you're live with us in person. We want to hear from you as well too. Okay. So if you are new here this morning in person or if you're joining us live for the first time, we want to know you're here. So head over to our website at BereanHub.com, click on the Connect card, fill that out, and just let us know how it was today. Let us know where you're coming from. We want to hear more about you. Also, on our webpage at BereanHub.com, you can go to our prayer and praise card and fill that out. Any prayer requests that you have, we want to hear about it. If you got a crazy cool God story testimony that you're just dying to get off your chest, we want to know about it. We want to celebrate with you. So make sure you do that. Head over to there. Hey, I just want to take a moment and remind you people, if you're here live in person or you're watching live at home, that we got stuff that's happening during the week. Okay? We have our young adults class that do, are still doing their Zoom at 7 o'clock every week. You can go to our BereanHub.com. Go to the virtual church link. There's a ton of links there. One of those is our young adult that will get you access to that every Wednesday night. We also have Pastor Gary's crazy cool Bible study that's happening at 7 o'clock every Wednesday. You can go there and jump online and join and interact with him as well. We have our BSC Live that's happening. You can go there and find a way to have access to that. We also have many other access to the streamings that are happening every Sunday morning. So, hey, if you're watching home and you lose your Facebook stream, you can head over to there and jump on our, our YouTube stream and get reconnected as well. Also, make sure you just take some time and just kind of go through our BereanHub.com. There's plenty of other things to look at while you're there. We'd love to hear from you. And if you just have some random question, click on the chat icon there and just drop us a line and we'll have someone get back to you as soon as we can. We're so glad that you are here this morning. So glad that you've decided to join us this morning. Hey, just want to take a moment to encourage you guys. 
uh, message this morning, Pastor Gary's message this morning, is about dedicating your household, kind of like Joshua did, like, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Choose today that today your house is going to be God's house. That when you're home, that you're there and you, you're celebrating, you're honoring God. So how are you going to do that? Be open-minded and just right now in this moment. God, how do you want me to dedicate my house in a greater way this morning? This is a perfect opportunity to draw closer to God. Hey, just want to say, take a moment and just say, this is your final chance to share, to like our page, to create that watch party. The worship team is getting ready. Pastor Gary is warming up his voice for the message that he's going to give in a little bit. And hey, we are so glad you're here this morning. Come on, stand up to your feet. Put them hands together. We're about to praise and worship right now. Come on, people. Let's do it. Amen. And it breaks me in God's house this morning. Come on, let's worship him.
Come on, with our voices lifted, we sing it out. Great are you, Lord. Great. Oh, with our hands, with our voice, we sing it. Great are you, Lord. We sing great are you, Lord. Come on, just the church, it's your breath, you say. It's your breath.
Come on, sing this with me. Sing, you are the one. You are the one. Oh, sing it again. Sing it to him. You are the one. Oh, you're the one who provides. You're the one who heals. You're the one I worship you. love upon Jesus this morning. Come on. Oh, we sing to him a new song. Jesus, I worship. You are worthy, oh God. Lord, I lavish my praise on you, Lord. Oh, I honor your presence. I honor your presence. Oh, Lord, I love you. I love you. I love you. Oh, with your voice, sing it again. Sing it loud. Lord, I'm amazed. How you love. Yeah. Come on, you dance over me. You dance over me.
come on, sing. How wide How deep How great Is your love for me Do you believe that, church? Amen. Come on, I want you to declare that and sing that again. Come on. How Come on, you sing. Jesus, wonderful this morning. Amen. For thou, O Lord, are high above all the earth. Thou art exalted far above. Do you believe that this morning, church, that we serve a God that is above all? For thou, O Lord, art high above all the earth. Thou art exalted far can encourage you this morning for everybody just to lift their hands and sing this oh I eat sing it like you've never sang it before come on he deserves it
song for thou, O Lord. You sing it. For thou, We're so grateful. We're so thankful. We love you today. In your name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Give someone an air high five next to you. Amen.
This is Memorial Day weekend, and as I say every year, Memorial Day is not about deals and sales and picnics though, or days off, and it's kind of become that in our culture. But it's a time for us to pause and remember those who gave the ultimate sacrifice of their lives in service for our country. On Veterans Day, we remember all veterans. We celebrate patriotism on July 4th. But on Memorial Day, it's for those who made the ultimate sacrifice. It's also then expanded to remember all of those who have passed away as we go to cemeteries and do those kinds of things. But I want us to take just a moment and give thanks for the country that we live in, for the valiant, brave men and women who have been willing to put their lives on the line so that we can worship and fellowship in freedom. And for those of you who feel like this isn't freedom today, it's because you're spoiled by America. You're just spoiled by America. And I want to give thanks to God. Would you stand with me and let's take just a moment of silence to remember those who gave the ultimate sacrifice. Lord Jesus, we're thankful for the land that we live in. We're thankful for those who are willing to serve to defend our freedoms. Lord, I thank you for all of those who have served at any time and are serving today, and we're appreciative of the price they pay so that we can enjoy freedom. But especially today, we think about those who made the ultimate sacrifice and gave their lives for the freedoms that we hold dear. And Lord, I ask that you would be with those families, that they would feel your touch in a special way, and that today in these days of dealing with pandemic, that you would open our hearts to give thanks for the freedoms we enjoy even in the midst of difficult days. We commit these families to you, asking for your blessing to be upon them as we give thanks for those who have served and sacrificed their lives in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 You can be seated. Thank you for cooperating with social distancing as much as um, is possible. Appreciate your help. And I'm going to just do a pastoral chat. And we're trying to eliminate some of the unnecessary things because this is also online. And this would be great for those of you that are watching online to be I'm up to speed on. This isn't my sermon, but I'm relaxed and I'm going to take as long as this takes, okay? <laughs> if you think for a moment that I take our freedoms lightly or that I would be willing to sacrifice our freedoms to the government, you and I have never really met. You don't know me at all. And for those of you that are proposing on Facebook and other places, I want to be abundantly clear right now. And I love you. I, want to say I love you. I love all of you. But if you for a moment think that we're registering to turn your names into the government, you probably also believe Michael Jordan is the Antichrist. 
I would, I would not sacrifice any of our freedoms and our rights. I will stand my ground, and you can be assured of that. So would you just take a break, pour yourself a cup of coffee, maybe some chamomile tea, or chai, or whatever you like, and relax a bit. So why are we doing this? There are a number of reasons. It's because we don't really know. How many of you are confused by what's happening in the media right now? Coronavirus will live through the millennial kingdom on a flat surface, and then no, it won't live a matter of hours. Singing will spread the virus. No, singing won't spread the virus. Um, What do we need to do? The rules ebb and flow. So here's what I know. Number one, the virus is real. Those of you that think the virus isn't real also uh, need some counseling. (laughs) And people are dying. Not at the rate of 30% of the population, and the rate is small, but those two things are happening. And we're living in a government a governmental time that have asked us to do some things to try to mitigate the spread. What we want to do is be in cooperation with the guidelines of the CDC as much as possible and make space for you to come in a time when we don't know what all is involved here. So we're doing our best to make it safe. And I will tell you that in today's culture, to be a leader... I can't say that. I can't say that. <laughs> is extremely frustrating because you're wrong if you do and wrong if you don't. All right? So let me just tell you how I've lived my life. Larry, Pastor Larry, you'll appreciate this. Here's how I've lived my life. I think that if there are people that disagree with me on both sides of an issue, I'm probably in the right spot. And so that's where we're at. We're just trying to do the right things. We want to keep the doors open. We want you to be safe. And uh, in a time where we don't have answers, to do the best that we can. Is that all right? Is that all right? So pray for us. Help us. Let's work together. And I'll tell you what I do know. We will get through this. And are you ready? We will come back. Come on. You can do better than that. We will come back stronger. That's what we've been talking about. I want to take a moment just to say a big welcome to um, uh, Kevin and Trudy Umfris and Zavin. I think Zavin's over here. Stand up. Just give them a welcome. Give them a welcome. I know that you all want to go over and hug them. Don't. Okay, don't. And on our way out, please don't linger in the lobby. We're just trying to do the right things. And your help is, is wonderful. You've been incredible. Also want to um, <laughs> give a kind of a beginning introduction. I just realized that some of you have not met. Our young adult pastors have joined our team. They came at a really bad time um, for you to get to know them. But Lewis and Savannah and their family are there at the back. Would you stand up? And we'll do a formal introduction later. But I just want you to know who they are, and they've been an incredible asset to our team. We love them, love their kids. They've been a tremendous asset to us. (laughs) All right, are we all good? Everybody happy in Jesus? All right. 
If you, uh, if you think I'm making the wrong decisions, join the club. It's a pretty big one. We're going to try to do the right things and do the things that are safe, and your help is greatly appreciated because we want to come back stronger. Anytime the church has gone through persecution or trial or trouble, it has always come back stronger. Not, the, not everyone who goes to church comes back stronger. But the church, <laughs> which is a subset of those that go to church. Hello? The church is a subset of those who go to church, and the church always comes back stronger. Yesterday in my update... I cited some statistics that really troubled me and made me kind of chuckle at the same time. Do you know that among regular churchgoers for the last four weeks, regular churchgoers for the last four weeks, 40% of them have not gone to an online service or attended a live service? 40%. How many are hearing me? That is not okay. That is not okay, and that is not the church. We need to be connected with the larger body. And so please join us and help us and walk with us because we want to come back stronger. And I understand digital fatigue. We, I lead a, a ministry called the Iowa School of Ministry where we do training for ministers, and yesterday we had to do our class time online, Zoom. And thank you to those that come Wednesday, but I'll tell you that for me, if you've never led a Zoom study, a one-hour Zoom study feels like three hours of work. I'm just telling you what. And then you get to see everything. So I have to tell you a funny moment yesterday in Zoom. Yes, I see everything. So you can yawn right now, and I might not see that. But if you're in Zoom, all I see is your face. And when you go, we're all watching you. We're all watching you. In fact, one guy yesterday, I could see his tonsils. He was yawning so big. It was really an encouragement to me. So we need to come back stronger, which means in times of trouble, we have to make the extra steps to keep our faith strong and our connection to the body of Christ strong. So we've talked about in an age of hoarding, this is a wonderful time to develop a spirit of generosity. Amen. Let's come back stronger, more generous than we were. And then we talked last week about deepening our spiritual walk in a time when it's difficult for us to gather together like we like, in a time of social isolation and separation. Let's use this to the glory of God to celebrate the solo dynamics of our faith, that I do have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not separated from the body, but to celebrate that. Now, this morning, I want to take us a third direction that I want to challenge you, and I don't expect this to be a popular message. I, <laughs> I don't expect pats on the back because you can't anyway. You be, you, unless you have six-foot-long arms, you can't pat me on the back. But I want to challenge you right now in this time of pandemic, isolation and distancing. This is a great opportunity this is a great opportunity to rededicate our households to God. Amen. This is a wonderful opportunity for us to rededicate our households to God. And I want to show that to you um, this morning. Now, lo a lot of things are being reset in our culture. And I had, had posted in an update that I was going to talk to you about things that millennials have killed that they're bringing back. People are in a reset mode right now. 
resetting a lot of things. Had I known that my talk about millennials would get the kind of attention and interest it had, I would do that every week. So you may research this, find other things, but this really made me chuckle. As coronavirus changes consumer behavior, it's altering purchase decisions, consumers are making fewer trips to the grocery store, and millennials who have had all kinds of options are realizing their world's turned upside down and they have to buy more stuff that lasts longer. So some things that they got rid of that were in decline that millennials didn't want anything to do with are now uh, causing the market to grow. Are you ready for this? How many are ready for this? This is really fun. Do you know what millennials are changing? They're buying napkins. <laughs> They're buying napkins. Millennials bought paper towels. Now, I get the difference. It's hard to find a paper towel at our house. We buy napkins. But they didn't want, there's not dinner time, there's not sit-down time, and the napkin is versatile. You can use it for a lot of things, and if you need it for a meal, you fold it, and so they haven't bought napkins. But what's happening with more consumers cooking at home, trying to bring an extra level of fancy to the dinner table, napkins are trending upward. Isn't that amazing? Maybe that's a good thing for us to keep. If you're going to do this, we're not going to get out by second service. You're going to have to walk with me today. Second, I, I didn't know this, but oh, it hurt my heart. American cheese has been on the decline. The staple of our diet, American cheese. Millennials aren't gonna eat, weren't going to eat American cheese because it isn't real cheese. I know, but it tastes good. I mean, I'm just telling you, I like American cheese. You know what I really like? Is there anybody else here? Have you ever taken a can of Cheese Whiz and just sprayed it in your mouth? Anybody with me there? And Velveeta cheese? You want a grilled cheese sandwich. I'm telling you, take Velveeta, fry that baby up. It's about as good as it gets. I'm not saying it's healthy. But they're saying, no, we're going to have real cheese. But what's happened again with people being at home, having to cook more food, there's also a desire for comfort food. So grilled cheese sandwiches and macaroni and cheese are on the increase as millennials are buying American cheese slices. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> this cracked me up. Golf! is on the increase. Golf is on the increase. Uh, Tom, you're revealing your age right there because millennials are not woohooing golf. Millennials rejected golf because it's, the rules are too convoluted and, and they haven't enjoyed that. It takes too long to play. We want something quicker, more fun, simpler, and golf across the nation was declining. But in a time of no contact sports and no interaction, millennials are discovering the golf course. Golf course um, uh, um, tee times are on the increase. That's just amazing to me. And the last one that stood out to me was dun -da -da -dum, cereal. Millennials and others weren't spending much time on breakfast before the pandemic. Cereal was particularly hard hit. Younger generations have gravitated either toward on-the-go meals or trendier options like avocado toast and spinach smoothies. Do you know that isn't that hurts my mouth to even say it? 
Avocado toast and spinach smoothies? Are you kidding me? Give me some American cheese, I'm just saying. But now with more kids at home and need of an easy meal they can make themselves, the category is on the rise. Cereal is easy to prepare. You can tell your kids to go get their own bowl of cereal. It's easier than making a scrambled egg and certainly easier than a souffle. So what I'm trying to illustrate here is in this time of pandemic and social isolation, there's a reset of millennial homes and things that were on the decline that they're seeing value and pulling back. In Scripture, Joshua faced a reset moment when he came to the end of his life. And here's the reset verse that shows us Joshua's heart. It's time for Joshua to turn over the reins of leadership. And he wants to encourage the nation to continue serving God. And there have been some compromises, and Joshua is going to call them into account. He says this to them. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your forefathers they serve beyond the river or the gods of the Amorite in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. He brings the nation together and they agree to a re-covenant of their faith. It's a change time. It's a reset time. And there are three things that happen in this encounter that I think would be good for us to consider. Number one, he tells them to get rid of their idols. Number two, he calls them to a fresh commitment of priority. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and obey him. And then he revitalizes worship by building a new altar. So this is a great opportunity when families are being forced to spend more time together. And families have the opportunity to decide right now what their homes should look like when normal life returns in whatever fashion it returns in. What an opportunity to put the brakes on life rather than cursing the darkness to say, what do I want my life to look like? And I may not want it to look like it does now. I love the um, story about the wife who asked her husband if she had gained weight during coronavirus. And he said, honey, you weren't thin before. His death said he died of corona-related <laughs> issues. I understand the pressure that's there. And I'm not suggesting to you I want to love like, do you know how glad I am to get a haircut this week? Even my barber commented on my mullet when I walked in. He was just like unbelievable. But, but in the pause, rather than chewing our fingernails off and stomping around, and I'm not, you can't make me, you can't make me, the American spirit. Nobody can make me do anything. Why not look at my life, at our homes? If we're going to come back stronger, what do we want it to look like on the other side? How many are hearing what I'm saying? So I'm going to suggest three things that we ought to do in this time of social distancing. Number one, it's time for us to remove our household idols. It's time for us to remove our household idols. There's a time when a man named Jacob, who had been working for Laban, is ready to leave Laban's company and take his, um, his wives and his children and his stock and all the animals, all that he has, and leave. 
And as he's getting ready to leave Laban, Rachel does something that's really disturbing. Rachel stole her father's household gods. Now that represented the favor of the gods of the pagans. And it was seen as an, as an instrument of protection. Jacob, watch this, Jacob was unaware. In fact, Jacob is so unaware that he says when Laban catches up, whoever has the household gods, if you find them, I will surely put them to death. Jacob was not in favor of the idols, but Rachel snuck them in. And over time in culture, our lives get so cumbersome that sometimes idols sneak in that we don't even recognize as idols. How many are hearing me this morning? We need to take inventory. What are the things that we were serving? What were the things that we had put our faith and confidence in? Crisis times are times of reevaluation. Jacob is on his way home, and he knows that Esau is coming to meet him. And Esau and Jacob are not good friends. And Jacob is fearing for his life. His brother is coming. He fears for his life. On the way, a tragedy happens where a daughter of Jacob is violated. The sons wreak revenge and destroy the inhabitants of the land. And Jacob is terrified that the other nations are going to gather together and destroy him. And he says, God, what are we going to do? We're in a bad place. My brother's coming. The nations are going to kill us. We're a stench in the land. What are we going to do? And God said to Jacob, go up to Bethel and settle there and build an altar there to the God who appeared to you when you're fleeing from Esau. So Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, get rid of the foreign gods you have with you. The first place that he started was to get rid of the foreign gods. What happened to Jacob? They left Laban, but the influence of Laban didn't leave them. And when we leave the world in our faith with Christ... Often the ways of the world come with us and we end up with a conglomeration of things in our households that we don't really want to have. We bring baggage into our families. We bring things in that if we would stop and think we wouldn't want to include. And the New Testament is filled with scriptures, not just the Old Testament, but I'm not going to take time this morning, but you can go from Acts to 1 John and find warnings to the church to get rid of their idolatry. In fact, 1 John says, rid yourself of idols. And so maybe it's time, in a simpler time, for us to take time. So what are our idols? (laughs) It's all good preaching until you get specific. I read an article by Focus on the Family talking about idolatry in the American home. And let me just read those to you, and then I'm going to get a little more direct. Um, that we serve in America, the family serves the God of convenience. We serve the God of convenience. We serve the God of consumerism. Both of those affect church attendance and commitment, convenience and consumerism. (laughs) We worship celebrity adulation. We lift people up and worship them, and we live for instant gratification. We need to get rid of those. But let me talk to us. What are our idols then? And again, I love you all. And I hope you love me when we're done with this section. In many households, the biggest idol in the home is your child's schedule. 
Everything you do, everything you are revolves around their activities. Church takes second place. Faith takes second place. Koinonia takes second place to what is on our children's schedule. I talk to families who don't have time to breathe. They don't have time for family time. They don't have time for family dinner. They don't have time for any family devotion because they're so busy honoring their kids' schedule. That might be an idol you want to look at in a time where that schedule has become weakened. Hello, someone help me this morning. You don't have to like it, but you know what I'm telling you is true. Secondly, what if we were to consider the busyness of our lives in general? The God of busyness is an idol that we serve. Many people in America today don't even know what to do with downtime. What's made this pandemic so hard is we've been too busy to have any discretionary time, and now we have so much of it, we don't know what to do with it. We serve a God of busyness, and you don't have to, listen, you don't have to be that busy again. You don't have to be. Um, Some parents are reliving their childhood through their children's success. It's called vicarious achievement. That's idolatry. I didn't achieve anything, but bless God, my kids are going to excel. We start training them to have a scholarship in college when they're six years old. You know what's happening? I'm just going to tell you, that's not a six-year-old's desire. That's vicarious living through your kids. Maybe it's time to remove that idol. Anyone hear me this morning? Glory to God, get this over with. How about the gods of fashion and acceptance? That too often our families are more concerned with being accepted by our neighbors, accepted by the school, accepted by the peers than we are being accepted by God. Maybe it's time when we don't have that pressure to re... I'm talking about coming back stronger. I'm talking about rededicating our families to God. Maybe it's time to look at some of these things. And maybe it's time to look at some of our occult practices. Oh, I'm not in the occult. Do you read your horoscope? Do you play with a Ouija board? Have you looked at tarot cards? There are a number of things out there that I'm shocked when I find out what believers are doing that are occultic in their practice. So what I'm saying, if we're going to rededicate our families to God, let's take inventory. What were the gods we were serving that have now fallen over during pandemic? Because now is the time to say, and maybe your life was great and you had it all in order and that's wonderful and I celebrate that. But this is the time to say, I don't want my life to look like it looked before this. So let's do some house cleaning now. Hello? We can come back stronger. (laughs) Well, glory to God. Let's move on. I can tell this is really a home run right here. Second, then, is to reestablish biblical priorities. We get so busy that biblical priorities become a secondary commitment. It's not at the top of our list. Here's what Joshua's people said. As for me and our house, we will serve the Lord. Now, not serving the Lord would bring dire consequences. And he says to them, you have to not just do the right things, you have to yield your heart to the Lord. And they said, from here on, we will serve the Lord and obey him. That becomes the priority. We will serve the Lord and obey him. So rather than praying that Jesus help you win a game, maybe it starts with praying, how does playing the game affect my spiritual walk? 
Come on. I'm just talking about coming back stronger. They say no pain, no gain. Some of you are looking at me like, why did I come this morning? I want to hear, you know, how wonderful it's going to be. I just want you to understand we have a chance here. We have a chance in the pause in life to say, I don't want to go back there. What are those things that we need to change? Let's put biblical priorities back in the forefront. When you get rid of idols, you have to put something else in its place. The church at Ephesus was doing great things. They, they were honored by God, but he said, you've left your first love. You don't lose your first love. You leave it. And here's what he says, and here's what I'm asking this morning, church. Here's what I'm asking. He says to them, remember from whence you have fallen. Can I ask us as a body of believers in our households to remember what our spiritual lives used to be like? And if they have fallen, let's use this time to reprioritize it. (laughs) Let's reprioritize it. Let's get back to that place of biblical priority. Putting Jesus first in your household. The Bible tells us to train up a child in the way they should go. And I'm I'm suggesting that doesn't come with a guarantee that your children are going to follow God. You see, being a leader doesn't mean you make people follow. It means you lead in the way that's right, and they have to choose whether or not they're going to follow. So let's, let's reclaim that where faith becomes the focus, that prayer, Bible reading. Are you aware if your children are praying, reading Scripture? Are they memorizing Scripture? Are they following through in their faith? Is that, is that a priority in your home? Let's reclaim some of those to reestablish Biblical priorities. You see, I'm the product of an unchurched family that became a church family that became a backslidden family that became a broken home. Okay, so I've walked that road. We were an unchurched family, and someone got us to go to church. I can remember as a child... All seven of us, mom and dad, five kids, being in church together. I can remember when we were dedicated to the Lord. I was older and our whole family was dedicated to the Lord. I remember when my parents were baptized in water. I remember all of the wonderful things about being in church together. And then pressure began to build up in our home. Things that my parents had stopped doing, they started doing again. And the first crack through was breakthrough was when alcohol came back into the home and the division between them began to intensify and fighting. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget this Sunday. Actually, it was a Saturday night. Mom and dad had been fighting. Church was in trouble. We never missed church. We were there Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. We didn't, how many are hearing what I'm saying? And I will never forget mom looking at the five of us. I don't know where dad was. And she said, I don't feel like going to church tomorrow. Is it right with you kids if we stay home? I'll never forget that moment for two reasons. I was glad for some more free time. I was a kid. But I felt sick in the pit of my stomach because something was happening in our house that I didn't understand and wasn't glad about the road we're on. I lived those days, and I lived through the divorce and the separation, and then the pornography and the abuse and things that happened following that and the devastation of of our household. 
I know what that feels like. So I'm saying to you, not from someone who hasn't walked that, but to say, have I slipped in my priorities? Maybe I wouldn't use that line, but it was just a little, I mean, who's, who's going to say it's wrong to skip a Sunday? Who's going to say that it's bad? But what it said to me as a child, that church is no longer a priority in our household, which then gives me freedom to go experiment with some other things. Hello? Maybe we need to return to some of the priorities. And maybe you had them all in place. It's wonderful. I celebrate that. But during this time when we're not as busy, does it, is there anyone in the house today? Doesn't it make sense for us to revisit that, at least relook at that, and reestablish some of those pri- priorities if we're going to come back stronger? Third, then, we need to reinvigorate spiritual atmosphere. There's scripture that we use when it comes to baby dedication that ought to be a lifelong direction for us. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts and impress them on your children. Impress them with your love for God. Reinvigorate the spiritual atmosphere. Let's think about that. Okay? And so... Pastor, are you saying we have to do family altar? You know, I remember going to, to pastor's house or somewhere that had family altar, and they would kneel in the chair, and they would pray, and I'm just waiting for them to get done. I'm not telling you how to do it. You do it your way. But here's where spiritual vitality gets real. It's when you talk about it rather than just pray about it. Because if you read a scripture and pray, and that's all the dialogue there is in your home, there's no energy in your faith. How many are hearing what I'm saying? And so Deuteronomy doesn't say pray about it. It says talk about it. Let it be in the very fiber of the dynamic and culture of your household to talk about spiritual things. And then gives us a list. Talk about them when you sit at home. So in your leisure time, Make faith fun. Let it be what you talk about. Talk about it when you walk along the road, in your business dealings, in your travel. Testimonies of God working out in the world that you live in. When you lie down, that going to bed is about him. When I get up, we start the day with Jesus. I have a sign on our wall that says I need to start the day with a little bit of coffee and a whole lot of Jesus. Start the day with Jesus. Um, tie them as symbols on your hands and your forehead. They serve as reminders. When I walked into your home, I don't believe in icons, but what I know walking into your home, that faith was important to you. Are there symbols around that remind us of who we are and what we believe? And then he says, be careful uh, and also write them on the door frames of your house and on your gates, in your comings and goings, that it's a faith lifestyle. We're talking about our faith. And do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt Faith is the fiber of the family. It's not just what we do on Sunday. It's talking about faith issues. So are you excited about your faith walk? Are you excited about Jesus? Maybe it's time to reclaim that. I've heard testimonies over the years when I have been in ministry. I've I've heard people talk about, I remember hearing mama's prayers. I've heard stories of, Guys coming in after a bender and walk in at 2 in the morning and could hear mom up kneeling in the bedroom praying in tears 
for that son or that daughter to come back in faith. I heard my mama pray. I heard my daddy pray, and it broke my heart. As powerful as that is, hearing you pray has no impact if they don't hear you talk. Hello? If they don't hear you talk. In fact, I'm going to suggest that what you talk about will have more impact on them than what you pray about. Talk about them along the way. (laughs) Wow, I feel lonely up here. Now, the reason I'm preaching this message is because my wife and I have done it perfectly all of our lives. (laughs) No, we have messed up. There are times where our priorities ebb and flowed. There are times that we were good at it, not so good at it. And there's no guarantee that if you do everything right, everything will work out right. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying if we want our life to be different than it was before, this is a time to reevaluate that. And I'm going to tell you one of the things that I'm convinced the Christian American family needs to reclaim, and that is discretionary time to spend with your families in faith, enjoying one another and enjoying Jesus. Don't let the busyness of life ever take that away from us again. Hello. Come on, that would have been a good place to clap. That would have been a good place to do something. Don't let the busyness. So I would just ask you to rethink. And let me use this illustration as as kind as I can. And Pastor Nathan, you need to come and come up with a song that will bail me out of this message. (laughs) Is it okay if I just be a little transparent for a minute? It's evident... Let me start off this way. I'm so thankful for those who had vision to build a building here at Berean. I'm thankful. And when you look at the building, you see evidences of growth over the years. Hello? It's a wonderful thing. But people who are coming here for the first time and don't have history often ask me, who planned this building? How many know what I'm saying? Come on, it's okay. No disrespect to the past. But it wasn't built, the building wasn't built with a plan to get here. The building was built with a plan to meet the needs of the day with the money they have, and I celebrate that, and then it was added on to, but when it's done, it looks like a building that was added on to, not a building with a plan. Does that make sense? Your lives, my life, our lives become like that. We add on a room, we add on a porch, we add on a foyer. We, and then you look and think, man, I wish I'd started differently. I wish I'd planned it differently. This is God's moment. This is God's moment for Christian families to say, we have been forced to stop. Let's decide what we wanna look like on the other side. Let's decide what we want to look like. Let's come back stronger. Would you stand with me? And let's just take a moment to let Jesus speak to our hearts together. God, is there something in our life that we'd like to change? Let's set the parameters now. Let's begin to move to that now. Just let's take a moment to let God speak to our hearts. Pastor Nathan. How I... How deep 
Sing it again, how wide, how wide, how deep, how great is your love for me, Lord, I'm amazed, sing. Lord, I'm. Come on, lift your voice. I'm. Yes, Lord. Lord, I'm. be frivolous with this time but this time you've given us turn your floodlight on our hearts and help us come back stronger help us develop a heart of generosity help us deepen our spiritual walk and today God help us dedicate our families back to you would you speak to us guide us, lead us and direct us so that we can be stronger for the kingdom's sake. In Jesus' name. And everyone that loves him said, amen, amen. God bless you. You can be seated just for a moment. I need to give you a little bit of direction. Giving has always been a part of the worship experience. If you're watching online, you've already been informed on how you can respond. And those of you that are here can respond digitally by giving. If you want to give a physical offering, there's an offering box on the door on your way out. And I know I've had people say, this. what I'm going to say next doesn't make sense. Just understand, we're trying to follow best practices right now and make everybody safe. So here's how I'm wired. I'm going to make a decision, and I'm going to live by it. And I have to have peace with me and with God, all right? You good with that? So you don't have to be at peace with me, but I have to be at peace with God and with me, and I want to be at peace with you. So our leaving will be orderly. I'm going to ask you to not visit in the lobby and go onto your car and go home, and that's so contrary to who we are. I get that. But you can call somebody. You can send them an email. You can FaceTime them. You can wave on the way out. But we're trying to do what we're being asked to do without compromising our faith and our ability to gather together. We don't need media attention on us right now, and we don't need legal attention on us right now. We need to do the things that honor what we're being asked. So we're going to start on this side. This section, that section, please go back out the door you came in. Exit to the right over here. And so this section, you'll hold steady. This section can go as soon as they can go. The next section can go. And uh, stop by. Yeah, wave at them. Everybody wave as they go. <laughs> Feel like you're on parade. It's a wonderful thing. Listen, you have to know how encouraging it is to me to have you here. Mm -hmm. And I love you here. 
and I love all of you, and we're going to keep moving forward with Jesus. Can I hear your hands? Just respond if you love Jesus. Let me hear your hands. God bless you. We love you just quietly. One section, next section can go. Lord, we're amazed by you, how you love us. As you go out, keep a six-foot distance.